Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Questions podcast by Fancy Football Scout. It is nice we have Andy back with us today. We're going to be having a look. It is a little bit of a wildcard special. Um, I'm on wildcard and I know a lot of people are either considering it or it's already active for this week as well. So it's quite a good way to sort of talk about, you know, the best things to target. So that's what we're going to do today as well as answering all of those hot topics in the land of FPL as well. But first of all, Andy, you're on a green arrow, which is nice to see one of us on one for, for a while. Uh, welcome back. How are you doing? Good. Uh, you know, it's. I was talking to Harry before we went live. It's been probably the most intensely busy scheduling of my life in terms of work uh, thus far. So mm. uh, hence, it seems like I'm back every other week and I apologize for that next week. Um, I'll be in Korea for the first time in actually seven weeks. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, I was very happy to hear that you're on a wild card, Harry, yeah. uh, because content has been sorted for today. Uh, excited to sort of talk to you about what you're thinking. Um, you know, it's today. Today is your show. So uh, excited to see why you wild carded and and discuss uh, the key questions regarding your wild card. Cool. Yeah. In the chat, if someone could just give a thumbs up that our audio volumes are about the same. Um, and if you could, yeah, let us know if you're on wildcard as well. Maybe I should put a little uh, poll in the chat and I will just do, are you on wildcard or not? And then we will get the stream started. Yes and no. Cool. So the first thing we want to talk about so far is there are a lot of people on a having a difficult start to the season myself included sat at well 1.2 million is generous because after i get a nice minus two auto sub for a stupanan really happy with that um did the right thing and benched him this week and um yeah decides to play double newcastle defense over him and uh yeah that went really well but then he's coming off my bench for botman who we thought was fine before the deadline but anyway this is just to highlight that the you know elite a thousand sort of managers are all really struggling this season. It has been a difficult season so far. Players that we have seen perform well from like a data point of view, underlying data, who'd expect to come good, have not done, and maybe some of those players who maybe have not 
have been, you know, been overperforming their numbers, have, have continued to do so. There haven't been loads of consistent returners so far this season as well. There's not many people who have, you know, consistently scored over the first majority of game week. So it has been difficult to find a team that you can settle on. So yeah, it's just a highlight, as I are saying in the chat, do not panic about your rank. Acceptable, completely acceptable to play your wild card if there are things you want to change. But yeah, it's been hard so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it lagged a little bit. But yeah, just uh, bouncing off of what you're saying, it's probably the worst start the Elite 1000 has had in the last three uh, seasons. This, by the way, is by at F underscore analytic Lucas Zadronski on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter the other day. And uh, yeah, it's just a reflection of, you know, even the top managers are struggling. So I wouldn't worry about rank too much if you look at the you know median rank after game week six versus the final rank everyone does go down into the top 100k so that's sort of the hope we have but i think it also goes to show that um it's hard to really gain rank this year um harry i i feel like the first six weeks even if i have Trippier doing an 18 pointer or sun coming in and and doing well yeah uh, it just doesn't seem to move and i'm very worried that like how are we going to solve this puzzle? I think the game's going to continuously change. It's going to get even uh, tougher and tougher. And maybe we really need to readjust our mindset into top 10K being an amazing score. But even a top 50K, top 100K is really a good achievement with the uh, you know plethora of yeah. engaged managers that we're going to have from here on out. So I wouldn't worry too much about the rank. But of course, uh, it is it is very meaningful to a lot of us. So... Uh, it sucks, but we continue to move. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's been a rough start to start of the season so far, but yeah, let's see how the the next do, few uh, weeks. Do you think go. it's because uh, the template is just not hitting, Harry? Like as in the United assets? Yeah. Do you think there's more to it? I think there's a little bit of that. I do think, as I said in the intro, there's not many players who've been really consistent. So there's been a couple of players like who have scored well over two or three weeks that we've then looked to buy. And then their points have dried up pretty quickly, right? There's not been loads of really consistent assets. And I think there's been a lot of fixtures over form so far this season, whereas I think form has been more telling maybe so far this season than buying players with good fixtures have been. Hopefully on wildcard, we can buy a combination of the two, right? Players with good form and good fixtures. But yeah, I feel like it's been more unpredictable so far this season. There's been a lot of results as well that maybe we wouldn't have... You know, and then Saka handing over two penalties at the weekend didn't make it any better, right? <laughs> yeah, Honestly, exactly. could have done could have done with some of those Saka points. Um, yeah, Saka has been consistent, although he could have been even more consistent if he'd scored three goals at the weekend with his penalties. But anyway, <laughs> quick review before we dive in of how our week's going so far. So I'm on 38. Um, Sadly, that goes down to 36 when I get my auto-sub in for Stupinan. I have one left of Kabore. Uh, yeah, midfield completely letting me down again this week. Rashford, Madison, and Buemo, Fernandez. I really saw more points in my midfield from these four than I than I got this week. And then, yeah, Jordan Pickford in goal. The only fixture I, you know, I thought, oh, it's Luton. Maybe he'll get something. And I managed to still pick the wrong goalkeeper again this week. So, Yeah, about- it's, it's, it, the... The reason I keep looking down is um, I'm on my laptop. I'm traveling still, so I have to kind of look at my phone. Um, yeah, it's just uh, your two United assets and um, mm. a very unfortunate that you also don't have trip here. So he's just taking along. I think we're going to talk about it on your wild card. It seems like yeah. you possibly don't have him. Yeah. Uh, so food for thought for you there. Um, 
but that's it. I mean, you don't have Sun. I just maybe two or three key players that you don't have that really did well this week, which is yeah. probably the difference between me and you, right? So yeah. that's just part of the game. It's just how rough variants can be. Um, and then I'm sitting on 50 points most likely because I have uh, Trippier and Sun, and and those are the key differences, I believe. Yeah, uh, plus no Rashford. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Rashford is still pretty highly owned from what I know. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting how FPL works. I think a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, uh, everybody was, you know, if you had to sell one of Rashford or Bruno, it was Bruno. And at that time, uh, I kind of went against that and sold Rashford. And I was really scared because I thought uh, I might have sold the wrong guy. But, you know, Bruno comes up and, you know, scores a goal last week. And then he's obviously been doing better than Rashford so it's like those little incremental differences that yeah. that you know make the changes or differences yeah. cool so today is mainly about wildcard um so we are going to look across like defenders midfielders forwards goalkeepers a little bit as well when we look at the fixtures and stuff we're going to be going through each position talking about players to target on a wild card but also players to target generally if you're not playing it who are the priority ones and maybe who are the ones that you can maybe let go um a little bit so first up uh, a little bit of review of course we just have a look at the fixture ticker here for the next six game weeks so the top two are two that are getting a lot of attention so you have spurs right at the top you have aston villa second on this newcastle then fifth as well and then right down at the bottom we have some of the teams that maybe we're more invested in right so brighton arsenal brentford city chelsea all of them in the bottom six of the fixture ticker so Yes, the main fixture swings do start in maybe game week nine, game week 10. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of the teams that we started with are looking a lot further down the list. And a lot of the teams that maybe we aren't invested in are higher up the list. Yeah, I think the important thing here, Harry, is to actually compare like this series of fixtures, game week eight to you have up till 13 here, right? So the next six game weeks versus what it looks like from, let's say, game week 10 to like, gaming 16 yeah because a lot of people are waiting to wildcard around 9 or 10 i think most will probably wildcard in 10 but potentially 9 as well um and then also just to look at kind of what it looks like from here till game week 19 plus because you have to remember we don't have a world cup like we did last season and we're going to end up having to wildcard potentially like really really late right whether it be you know some people might want to attack the double game week 34 it might be we might be looking at a blank usually in 29 so maybe around then we want a yeah. wild card so this is a you have to think real long term you cannot just be thinking about the next two or three game weeks which yeah. is why uh you know patience is a virtue in some ways but i get it i get why you pulled the trigger because these key players are not hitting and when you told me before the stream that you put a poll up and 40% of people decided to wildcard this week, it, it was a mind-boggling number. So it just goes to show how many people are sort of frustrated with uh, with what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could sort of uh, compare the two uh, fixture swings, if you don't mind, like game week 8 yeah. and 10. And, and maybe you tell me why you decided to do it now in terms of let's strictly talk about uh, fixtures, right? So I think... If you look at this fixture ticker you have up here, you see Brighton towards the bottom. And yeah. why? Because they play Liverpool and Man City. Yep. And normally speaking, we would say, Harry, like Brighton are a good team. They can attack anyone. They have very good XGI, XG. Uh, and yes, they might be able to play really well against Liverpool and Man City, but they just got absolutely you know, shut down by Aston Villa. So it doesn't give me 
a lot of confidence. Then you get to game week 10 and they go all the way up to the second in terms of fixture tickers from uh, game weeks 10 to 16. So I think that's the advantage that I'm going to hold against mm -hmm. you when it comes to game week 10, maybe. Um, and then also Arsenal are very interesting as well because it's not like eight and nine scream points, uh, maybe, right? Maybe if you hold on to Saka and he can do well against any team because yep. they are the second best team in the league. But Arsenal also jumped to fourth in the fixture ticker when you get to game week 10 after Man City and yep. Chelsea. So the, those are the two, I think, main ones. Yeah, Aston Villa, for example, when you get to game week 10, they're going to be great. Um, but they're going to be great from here on out. And I think that's the advantage you hold uh, against mm -hmm. me. Uh, and then West Ham also are fourth now, but they have Newcastle, Arsenal in eight and nine. So maybe you can hold off, maybe look at uh, JWP and Bowen a little bit further before you, you jump on them. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So Liverpool as well. Uh, maybe Darwin becomes an option in game week 10. Right now, I think it's tough because Watkins is, I think, the better option yeah. than him. So Again, uh, Game Week 10 is October 28th. We have, this is October, what, 2nd today? We have so much time between here and there and mm -hmm. international break. And and so a lot can happen in the next uh, three or four weeks before I decide to wildcard. So that's kind of the fixture swing I saw as yeah. well as Spurs. So maybe you can you can enlighten us on why you, you've decided mm -hmm. uh, now versus uh, holding it off. Out of interest, are you certain of a sort of Game Week 10 or are you... Are you building to that or are you thinking that it will be then or are you dead ending to that or are you thinking that you might be able to hold it longer? Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's like sort of psychology as well because you had a tough game week, uh, Harry, and I've had two decent game weeks. So for some reason, maybe yeah. in the back of my mind, I feel like I can get away against you wildcarders in game week eight and nine. I feel yeah. like I can get away or the damage can be minimized before I try to take advantage of, yeah. uh, you know, having three, four weeks of more information against you guys. But the value is what's just really killing me right now because I'm going to lose a ton of value on, yeah. on Villa as well as um, Watkins, for example, and, and those guys against you. So that's kind of the thing. I might pull it in game week nine, but if I was going to do it now, um, I should have probably done it on Saturday and try to catch every single price yeah. rise possible. Plus, it's also just like, where are you at in life? And I just don't have the time to like put in, I, I want to put in a week's worth of effort before yeah. I wall card. And I'm just not at that place right now. So th those things are kind of affecting my decision making. Yeah. But we talked about it, Harry, like game week eight and 10. I feel like the wall card is going to be very similar. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And it, the value did come into it a little bit because I think I've already I've got I've gained 0.4 in price rises so far and I think I've lot I gained in terms of the players that have sold I've sold at least 0.3 on those ones as well so that's already 0.7 plus I look at the players that I mean if I'd have done it last week I, I don't want to know how much value I lost by by doing I put a tweet out that I I saved my wild card a week I scored less points and I lost about you know 0.9 million of team value or something like that but that is that is hindsight and yeah i agree the big ones are for anyone who you know knows me i am a big one for future planning on my transfers and knowing what i'm going to do in a few weeks so as you say brighton and arsenal are the two big ones for me that i look at in game week 10 that i'm going to want and i feel mm -hmm. like i have pretty easy routes to both of them when that time does come around so i have thought about that um but yeah there was too much going wrong i felt like if i kept my team i was going to get red arrows for the next 
couple of weeks, I'd lose more team value. So I, I, for me, I felt it was just time to time to get it done. I mean, okay. So let I mean, on this topic, Harry, let's let let us actually discuss team value. And are we overplaying this team value thing, or are we underplaying it? Um, at the beginning of the season, because we had all these like you know premium mid tier midfielders, a lot of the noise and narrative was that uh, team value doesn't matter as much this season. This yeah. is my experience so far from here to game week seven is mm-hmm. that I've just had a ton of money in the bank, ton as in like at least a million in the bank pretty much the entire time. Yeah. And what I've realized from doing that is that I've had zero problem getting to pretty much anybody I want except Salah, right? Yeah. And so already you are noticing that you cannot get trippier in with Sun, Salah, Holland, Watkins, right? Yeah. So you probably have to drop Watkins or Sun for the likes of Trippier in order to cater to that yeah. ideal wildcard team that we want. Where we all, yeah. honestly, we all want Trippier, right? He's like he's on, he's amazing. He's just a different breed of a player right now. And you know, even if he has tough pictures, everybody would want him. But so that's the thing, right? Like I don't think that team value is going to affect my weekly transfers. I'm sure, like at some point, I'm it might. But I think the effect will come later when we have to do that second wild card or like free mm. hit uh, on a blank game week or, you know, trying to uh, bench boost, stuff, stuff like that, where, where the yeah. chips come into play. So maybe I can get away with that sort of like loss I have from here and on then. And maybe I can continue to farm from game week 10 yeah. if I hit the right players on, on the card. So I don't know. Part of me thinks we might be overplaying the, the team value thing, but I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I feel a little bit the opposite i feel like early on in the season a lot of people including myself we were a little bit naive with the team value thing i feel like i definitely said it early on in the season that team value was slightly less important this season because salah's not performing consistently trippier's not there but there surely was always going to be a time that these guys came and started to return the points that we always knew that they would and as soon as that was going to happen team value was then going to be important so there's now, you know, now I'm building teams that, you know, I am going to have to lose one of those assets that I'd want to own. Trippier is the one and I will go in on why I've decided it's Trippier that is the one that I'm going to going to lose. But there was always going to be a time that Trippier and Salah and maybe even there'll be a time that Trent comes back, right? And we we need to, we should have built up team value early on in the season, but we were too thinking about waiting, about you know, team value not being important because we just have loads of mid-priced players in our teams at that point. So, mm. yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, I regret a little bit. I don't look, there were loads of times early on in the season that I don't like, if if you gave me an extra 0.3 million, I still don't think I'd buy Trippier. Like I don't have that money still. I would have to, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably if I wildcarded last week, then maybe, I, you know, I might have been able to just stretch it. But even then, I, I think there's enough, I'm far enough away from it that I I still probably okay, couldn't have done okay. it. Um, cool. So we'll get to my okay. wild card at the end, but hopefully we're going to build towards it. We're going to start by having a look at goalkeepers. So what we've got up on screen so far is just the uh, defences that they will play for. And then we'll sort of talk over some of the goalkeepers that we are interested in. So far, we've got expected goals conceded so far. Um 
so far. So at the top, you've got the worst teams, of course, Sheffield United now at the top. And at the bottom, you've got, you know, the best defences. You've got Manchester City at the bottom. A very popular goalkeeper playing in West Ham's team is Ariola. They have 14.55 expected goals conceded. They are, in theory, the third worst defence in the league so far this season for XG conceded. Yet he is the go-to goalkeeper on wildcard this week, it feels like, which... <laughs> Was a little bit concerning, but then I did have TT on a couple of weeks ago and told him not to buy Leno and he bought Leno and look how that's turned out. I still think Ariola's good. It's a little bit weighted because he saved a penalty early on in the season, but he does make a lot of saves. He is very cheap and he is good for bonus points as well. When you're looking at defenders to buy, they are a lot of the ones lower down the list, right? So you've got Newcastle there, you've got Spurs still in the middle, you've got Villa still in the middle as well. Interesting that the wild card doesn't own a lot of the teams like right at the bottom, but I suppose that's because they had an easy start to the season. They're now getting more difficult fixture runs and they are down at the bottom because they started off with a, an easier run of fixtures, I suppose. Your likes of City, you've got Brentford in there, you've got uh, Chelsea in there, all had a easy enough start to the season to help boost their numbers. Yeah, I mean, uh, I again, uh, seven, what now is seven, right? Seven yeah. game weeks of data is definitely not enough. Um, I think once you get to the 10, we start to uh, really look into the data. And uh, right around when I start to wildcard, I think we're going to go deep dive into um, sort of the stats. But seven is good chunk. But we also have to remember that West Ham's fixture turn is coming now, right? So yeah. uh, it's not a perfect example of what their defense is like. I, I, actually, I actually think that West Ham have played pretty decently against the uh, easier opponents so there is that uh, the areola turner keeper combo is obviously very popular right now yeah and the reason being is you want to save funds so that mm -hmm. you can put it up in in the front and and midfield and defense and it's not like the likes of pickford is doing well it's you know like we talk about johnston being the right pick but come on like how many of us actually like you know would have thought that initially yeah. without the hindsight bias that we have now so the keeper is just uh, none of them have been really hitting. But the one that really piques my interest is um, Raya, which I think could potentially be, again, an advantage when I get to uh, game week 10 because maybe you're thinking about uh, potentially doing, I think, Udogi to an Arsenal defender or something yeah. like that. And yeah, I could I could get away with having Raya in my team mm -hmm. if I feel like he's the safe number one uh, and then you know get more attacking and spread the funds out uh, but again, 4.8 is is a lot of money to have in, in the keeper section. So that's the only real edge that I can think of in terms of keepers versus game week eight and 10 wild cards. But yeah. besides that, it's uh, it feels like shooting in the dark uh, in terms of getting the right choice. Uh, but have you considered the rotation between Turner and Areola? Have you looked into it? Yeah, it does work quite well as long as Turner keeps his plays for the next two where he plays Crystal Palace away, Luton at home. And then from game week 10, Areola's fixtures do look pretty nice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just worth noting on Areola, he is up there, but they conceded three XG against Liverpool, three and a half against Man City and then two and a half against Chelsea. So what's that? Like nine of their... 14 xg conceded in three of the games so it is massively weighted to, to a bit more of the difficult games that they've got i agree david rise the, the the one that i um i do look at the issue i keep coming back with david raya is if i go david raya now i then kind of need to go with turner because i need a keeper with decent enough fixtures over the next two i could just play raya but if i'm going um raya and 
Ariola. Basically, if I pick Raya, I'm not going to be playing Ariola. And I think at 4.2, he is a great option to help you free up money elsewhere. That's why I still end up um, looking at him. He does make a decent amount of saves as well. He's, I mean, they score quite a lot of goals, so maybe not the best for bonus, but I just don't think we can go wrong at his price. Oh, so you think the point of, like, if you did Raya, you'd want like a 3.9, 4.0, but you think that point to expense in Raya is, or in Ariola is going to be well, like, I sort mean, of annoying? Well, I mean, I could do Raya, Ariola, but then I'm never going to play Ariola, am I? So I feel like oh, I'm I see, I see. I'm taking this great keeper that we've got, got and it, just got sit, sitting him on the bench every week, which, I mean, if I was going Raya, I probably would go Raya, Ariola still, but then the next couple of fixtures are, are not great for either of them. That's the difficulty with Raya. I think he's if he, if budget wasn't a thing, I think I Raya is the best goalkeeper in the game at the moment, um, and I think easily keeps his place. The fixtures coming up for them are really nice after the next uh, few from about game week ten when they play Sheffield United at home. The fixtures are nice for him there, so I completely understand why people want Raya. But again, I look at my team and I am scraping pennies around to try and afford it, and I just nice. don't, yeah. I just can't see a way to to do it yeah yeah i i also get it like you want areola and you're on a wild card eight and i know we're talking about super long term but yeah all all both both those keepers have you know not great fixtures in game weeks eight and nine both west yeah. ham and arsenal so so i understand i think the popular combo as you mentioned is going to be areola and turner mm-hmm. uh and would you say you you wouldn't uh sway away from there I'd be very surprised if I own anyone else. The only chance is if we get anything that suggests Turner doesn't keep his place. He was pretty disappointing performance from him against Brentford at the weekend. Um, Several errors, uh, you know, could have given away a penalty, didn't. Whether one game is enough for him to lose his place, maybe not. But it was a little bit alarming as a uh, Turner owner. I cannot lie. That's the only thing that can change. I'm pretty sure Ariola is going to be in there. But if I didn't go Turner, I don't really know who I'd go because I definitely don't have the money spare in my draft to go and buy um, David Rye. Yeah, fair. I think we can uh, move on from the keeper. But let's just end it on saying uh, we're both Raya, Raya curious. Yeah. Is there anyone else on this list that you would consider? No, you tell me. You, you're you the one on the wild card. I think you should... Uh, the uh, only other one is... Uh... Vicario, but he's up at 5.1 million now. But Spurs have been pretty good defensively so far this season. The issue is, is no. I am going to own like Udogi and he is 0.5 cheaper with more attacking threat and I want triple Spurs. So again, just it's one of those things that because I want enough players from the team elsewhere that I'm not going to go with him. But he's probably the only other one that I look at that I do consider with their fixes that they've got coming up. Yeah, I just don't I just don't like it because uh if you look at uh Spurs fixtures from here till game week nineteen, it's yeah. sort of a it's decent. It's decent, but there are the strong teams in between. So it's like a mixed bag. Yeah. And the argument you could make for Ricardio is that uh he's a good keeper, good shot staver. Yeah. He may be able to rack up some bonus because he builds up and Spurs look like a, you know, team that's going to do really well this season, but uh, it's just too much money there when you can get the likes of Poro and Udogi, which are just way more enticing as attacking options as well. So, and yeah. Spurs are attacking team, right? So, yeah, uh, you want those wing backs, and I, I don't think you would want to double up on Spurs defense. So, I'm yeah. not there uh, in terms of him. Cool. 
So that's goalkeepers. I mean, there are only real three names that we're picking. Um, I mean, it is Turner just to try and get through the next couple, but then it is Ariel or, or David Raya across there. Moving on to defenders. I know this is quite small, so I'll try and zoom into certain parts of the list at certain points. But this is basically the top defenders by expected goal involvement so far this season. So what we're trying to look for here is a combination of defenders who have good clean sheet potential from the previous one, but then have, you know, good attacking threat, um, as we can see here. The first name on surely every wildcard, I cannot see anyone wildcarding without him. The man at the top of the list is Matty Cash. I think one mm-hmm. over one expected goal involvement higher than any other defender so far this season. 3.66. He's up to 4.9 million, having gone up in price last night, I think. Um, the fixtures for them are there. They look great. He looks great. I, I feel like it's a bit of a no-brainer on a wild card. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm just uh, mind-boggled by how he went. He went, started at 4.5, yeah. correct? And he's 4.9 right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like a hot player now. Like when when the heck did people buy him over the last six, seven games? I think he's gone up. Like I think he went up from point six to point eight last week and then point nine at the weekend. So I think he's gone I up see. like so three times in the past week and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price towers, man. That stuff yeah. annoys me. But <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing. I mean, I want Matty Cash. Um I can't get him this week. Uh I have one free transfer, so uh, yeah, he's a no-brainer on wildcard now or wildcard 10. Just no-brainer. And Bailey's injured as well, right? So yeah, pretty much locks him up in terms of starting, would you say? Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I agree. I suppose what we do need to add in here, there'll be people watching who are not on wildcard, is which of these players that we're going to talk about are essential buy or buys if you're not wildcarding this week? Like which of them are the priority options, right? Cash is already up to 49 it's it's not impossible that he's five million come the deadline with the amount of people who look to bring him in this week. He needs about mm-hmm. two hundred thousand uh, positive transfers in, according to FPL statistics, to to go up again from where we are now. With the fixtures that they've got coming up, I think it's Luton. Uh, no, it's uh, Wolves, West Ham, Luton in the next three. So, is he? If you are buying a defender, presumably Matty Cash is the number one defender you'd be buying this week. I mean, I think so. I think, first of all, Aston Villa, like, are here, right? They are they are yeah. here. And um, without a doubt, if you had to pick three, I mean, we've, we've I had Watkins from Game Week 1, Harry, if you remember. And yeah, I, so Maybe did you did too. And yeah, exactly. And what, you know, we just didn't hold on to him for his, like, eight goals this weekend. But <laughs> it's Watkins, Diaby, and Cash, right? There's just yeah, no yeah. doubt that those three are, it's like a, you know, free answer before you your for your homework, right? So uh cash is just a no-brainer. But again, it's like for those that are not on wildcard, such as me, if we had eight free transfers, yes, I would get him in. But I don't think he's going to be the top priority transfer over the likes of um I would say Maddo or even Watkins this week. So okay. but if you're on wildcard, I would say priority essential uh pick in, in for my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. A few questions in the chat about Luca Dean, and it is worth mentioning him because he is still playing despite Alex Moreno coming back. But if I was wildcarding, Alex Moreno still caused me enough stress as Luca Dean. Alex Moreno was their first choice left back, and I fully expect him to be first choice left back at some point. Now, whether that happens this weekend in three weeks' time 
in a month's time, I don't know the answer, but I f- still expect Alex Moreno to be Aston Villa's first choice left back soon enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Would you consider him? Dean or Moreno? No, neither. Yeah. Because, neither. I mean, yeah. Mo- cash is still cheaper than Moreno. Um, and it looks like there is going to be rotation at left back more than there is a, at right back. Because both Dean is playing well. As much as he might be a troll to us FPL managers, he is he is playing well so far this season. So I, I don't want to go there, the other side. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. A few other things I want to uh, pull out on this list. The third on the list is... Um, Purvis is Stupanan, one that's causing a little bit of debate on wildcard because, of course, they play Liverpool and Manchester City in the next two. He's in my wildcard, and I'm pretty certain that I'm going to go with him just because if we get the fixtures back up, as you said, Brighton is one of those teams that the people wildcarding in game week 10, ooh, people wildcarding in game week 10 are going to have the advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Big if old, I... Mm-hmm, yeah, they go Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest in the four from game weeks 10 to game week 13. If you have, if you don't start with any Brighton, as soon as that week comes around, all your transfers will be booked up. You're going to want a Stupanan from game week 10 onwards. I'm pretty sure of that. With the amount of attacking threat he's got, it'll be like cash all over again if you don't have him. So I'm going to bench him for the next couple of weeks, um, I think. Um, Although we'll talk about potentially I might end up starting him this week. But I, I can't see myself going without him because I'm just going to want him back. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's a good idea to have a Stupanan because who else comes into the bowl, fold in game week 10? Matoma. Who yeah. else? I don't know. Maybe a third, even a third uh, Brighton raises yeah. their hand up, right? And Brighton's fixture, as I mentioned, is either second or fourth on the ticker by the time game week 10 comes around for the next six or seven or eight game weeks. So uh, it's a really, really uh, important sort of pre-planning for you to do. And uh, I think that we have to have a Stupanan and uh, Matoma by the time game week 10 comes around I know he got a minus two pointer I know it's very frustrating but own goals yeah. happen and uh, he had a one-on-one chance to score uh, previous to that so I feel like we'd be yeah. talking totally differently if he had scored that opportunity so yeah. Stupinan just continues to have I mean just look at his positioning look at these games uh, I would be scared not to have him plus if you're an EO player his ownership's like massively high mm-hmm. or is con- continuing to be massively high as well yeah. Cool. Final two defences to cover on this list. The first up is Spurs. So actually right down at the bottom of the list, now up to 4.8 is Destiny Doggy. And about halfway up the list, there is Pedro Porro, who has 1.14 XGI versus uh, Udogi has 0.8. But Porro has also played less games than him, right? So he also got the assist at the weekend for the own goal. If you were on what wildcard this week and you didn't I suppose the difference is if you've got value tied up in Udogi right I have value tied up in Udogi so I plan on keeping him because to me he's a 4.5 defender because I owned him in game week one but if you're buying new at 4.8 versus 5 million I think Porro is Mm -hmm. now the Spurs defender that I'd be looking to buy in for the next few weeks his attacking threat is better than Udogi's and you see that when you watch them play Udogi has outperformed his defend his uh attacking threat so far this season but i do think having one of them for the fixtures that they've got of luton fulham and crystal palace in the next three i would have one of them on wildcard it just depends if you've got value a new doggy or you can afford poro yeah in terms of fpl i agree if you have value on a doggy you keep because he is still very attacking uh but if you had the opportunity i would 
not like 100% say go Poro because there's always the sort of Royale uh, lurking in the background. He yeah. might get a game or two. It's not like Royale has been playing bad this season. He, I think the first one, first game or second game, he started and, and even scored, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's my only concern. But uh, Poro is in form. There are different types of players. Udoki, I feel like, is more physical presence and sort of, you know, can can bully uh, bully players, sort of like drives into the box and then passes out. Whereas Poro feels like much more of a finesse player that yeah. kind of does the trippier type of crossing at times, as well as you know, um, you know, at times is on on the opposite end of the box to re- receive the ball and yeah. and take some shots as well. So I like Poro. I think he's a great option. Um, and so if I didn't have value tied up, I think ninety percent I would go Poro if that point however much difference between those two aren't going to yeah. affect your overall team too much but yes we both have value in udogi so not unnecessary for you I would yeah say. I, I agree sorry what i was just looking at so emerson started game week one and he hasn't started uh since then so if he if he he's naturally a better defender, right? So if he was going to start, I feel like Arsenal and Liverpool were going to be those. If he didn't trust Poro, but Poro was pretty good, I thought a couple of big ch- t- tackles for him against Liverpool at the weekend on Salah. So yeah, I, I I still I think he's a really nice option. I'm not actually sure how long I'm going to hold Udogi for, so there is a chance that I go with um I go with Pedro Poro. A few people asking in the chat, and we should probably cover it at some point about Brighton are rotating their team a hell of a lot and more than City you know more than Chelsea more than any other team in the league it feels like at the moment how do, do we feel I mean Estupanan played against Liverpool uh, against Villa he played 45 minutes in the cup game midweek is there enough doubt in your mind or do you think like at the end of last season Estupanan played two games a week pretty much all the time I probably expect him to do the same at the moment but there is a little bit of doubt when those fixtures become easier depending on how they're you know, European form continues, but he might be needed in those more than the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, I don't think I, I see that's when we overthink, right? Um, I like people might be upset at this opinion, but his upside is just too good for you to be worrying about where he's going to get mm-hmm. rotated. Um, and, it, you know, if you have a strong bench member, there are going to be times where you hope that he doesn't come on for 90 minutes, but yeah. most likely he does come on and. Yes, you take the one two pointer on the chin, but he can any anyways come up with a twelve pointer, fifteen pointer, and there are just a select few defenders in the game, such yeah. as Trippier, that can get that done. And Estupinan has to be one of them. So yeah. I just feel like that's overthinking it, Harry. Um, I, I just like I can't see myself not going with him for potentially the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely in my wild card. So two final things to talk about. Uh, a couple of shouts out in the chat to. Gwiz and a few others talking about Vladimir Sufal. So he picked up an assist in the weekend at the weekend. That's his third game week in a row picking up an assist, and this time it was combined with a clean sheet. The next couple of fixtures for West Ham are not the best. They have Newcastle and Aston Villa, but from game week ten, we have spoken about them having a really nice run of fixtures. I feel like that's one of the things that a wild card ten might have that a that a wild card eight doesn't. I just don't feel like I have the luxury to be benching him in my team and also when those game weeks come around I don't really have a space in my my lineup to be playing him every week right because I'll have a Newcastle defender who I want to play pretty much every week I'll have a Stupinan who I pretty much want to play every week I'll have Matty Cash who I pretty much want to play every week as well Sufal is great and if it you know allows you a back four with Sufal, Stupinan, Trippier, Udogi for example then I understand it but I 
maybe I'm being blinkered, but I because I have Ariola as well, I don't think the double up is is there for me on West Ham defensively. I agree. I agree. I mean, he had a good game. He had a great game. But um, I think the other wingbacks you mentioned or, or the more popular wingbacks have the potential to be more consistent in terms of yeah. upside, right? So um, so I do agree if having Ariola in, in the yeah. back is also a safety net. But I wouldn't fault anybody for going Kufal, right? Like the template's not working and, uh, you know, we tend to, as, you know, podcast people, you know, try to speak too much about a, like, maybe we're a little bit biased, right, in terms of the the obvious reasons. But yeah. for those that see an edge in, let's say, I see a comment about a stupid non has been, hasn't been great, fair. Like, if you really think that and you think Kufal can combat, combat against the owners of a stupid on, then uh, you should go for it if, if you believe it. But I do think that a stupid on cash uh, are just better options than than Kufal. Cool. The final... uh, I would like to say, Harry, one more thing about defenders is uh, maybe it's a good exercise to just take a look at whoever has sort of four yellow cards. I'm, I should yeah. have done that before this pod, but uh, if there was a couple of key names with three or four yellow cards, um, and we know the Diego Costa story, sometimes it just never transpires, but uh, still defenders have a more likely chance of getting yellow cards. So maybe something to mm-hmm. maybe sway you between 50-50 decisions as well. So yeah, Luca Dean has four. Um, the only other real one to mention is uh, Aaron Hickey at Brentford also has four. But apart from that, there's not loads that we'd be looking. There's no one that we'd be looking at. Jordan Bayer at Burnley has three. Bruno has three. 4.0 defender Braithwaite has three. But yeah, there's oh the only person on four is Luca Dean. Another reason probably not to go with him. We haven't covered Newcastle. So I've got a quote up. Um, about Sven Botman, first of all. So this was from the, I think, Eddie Howe pre-Champions League press conference. And he said, Sven has got a knee problem. I don't think we will see Sven before the international break, but hopefully we'll see him very quickly afterwards. Now, this is part of the reason I might end up playing Pervis Stupanan this week, is if I think Sven Botman is going to play in game week nine. I don't actually expect a, a Newcastle clean sheet away at West Ham next weekend. And I have... Um, a West Ham midfielder in my draft who's going to be starting at the moment this weekend. So there is part of me that thinks Botman is a safer pick long-term than I think than the Newcastle defender I own at the moment in Dan Burn. So there is part of me that thinks, well, I could just start with Botman. I could play a Stupanan at home to Liverpool who may be coming up against, you know, Liverpool with Trent back in the team, leaving a lot of space for him there and then just play Botman from game week nine when he comes back in. Are you sure he comes back for game week nine? No. And that is what causes me enough yeah. doubt. Um, and if yeah. he doesn't come back game week nine and it's game week 10, game week nine doesn't look great for the defenders that I've that I've got in my team at the moment. So I'd have to play like a Stupanan against like Man City or something or, or um, Charlie Taylor, who's the cheap one. I think they've got a difficult fixture next week as well. So if we get like before the deadline, if it's before game week uh, eight press conference is like pretty reassuring of Botman, then I I may do it. Again, I'm I'm more monitoring his price. Let's see if he drops between now and then. Um hmm. but yeah. It's more positive than it went it was really weird last weekend. It was very positive on Friday that he might play. Then he was ruled out for a long time and now suddenly he might be back in, in game week nine. So yeah, let let's see what they say at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely no chance you can get to Shar. I mean, I have him at the moment in my team, but I just... Oh, you do? 
I know I have him in my pre-wild card original team. team. Yeah, um, yeah, so he's, exactly. he's still actually in my... If I go on the app, he's still there because I'm trying to collect a bit of value on him. Um, <laughs> I, I could afford it, but mm-hmm. I want to save money because we'll talk about midfielders. I don't have an Arsenal midfielder in my draft and I know that I will want one soon and I want to do Madison to Saka in game week 10, 11 or 12. So I need to leave that yeah. money. And if I go up to Shah, I cannot do that transfer. So... Yeah. Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, I, I Char almost scored. By the way, he had like a ah. pretty decent chance. You know, um, oh, you, you, yeah, you're a Char owner. Yeah, brilliant. Well, so Could have done with those points. Yeah, uh, I think Burn is gonna tick along and not get any attacking returns. Honestly, maybe maybe one or two throughout the rest of the season. Botman definitely, I think, is the better pick. You mentioned this last week or two weeks ago, so mm. I get your dilemma. At the same time, uh, it's very risky to be betting on him coming back in game week nine. Yeah. Um, and r- just fixture proof Newcastle, I would like to say. I, they're just owning Trippier the last two game weeks has been one of the best experiences in terms of FPL this season because you just have so much confidence in that defense and yeah. that team. And even like Nick Pope almost got scored on, but it's like Nick Pope, when he's on, he's on. And yeah. I remember Newcastle for like, there's a stat about last season and sort of into the season where they have, they weren't keeping clean sheets forever. And it seems like clean sheets are very hard to come by right now. And I just have an inclination that, or I have a feeling that Newcastle are going to keep a ton of clean sheets moving forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, we've been li- we've been live for way too long and we're only on defenders and we still haven't spoken about the main defender who's Kieran Trippier. We haven't even mentioned him. So he's not in my draft. Four assists in the past two weeks. But I do want to caveat that a little bit, right? He got three assists against Sheffield United in an 8-0 win by putting up 0.7 XA, right? He's massively overperformed there in a fixture that's not going to happen again like that for the rest of the season for him he's then got an assist against Burnley where he's made a tackle it's fallen to Almiron and Almiron scored from 25 yards out into the top world corner. class world class assist yeah exactly like these things I don't know it's one of those things that if you just look at the stats I feel like you think okay he's got four assists he looks great but I do before that his online data was, you know, he has, he'd hardly put up 0.1 XA in the five fixtures before that combined. But the past two against Sheffield United and Burnley, he's done really well. And if you've bought him, he's done great. But there's a little bit of me thinking, let me put this up on screen for people. There's a little bit of me thinking that, have I have I just missed the points and the two million spent on him, is it better spent elsewhere? But that is also me trying to convince myself that I don't need Trippier on my team. Can you can you uh, lay out to me like where is that two million being spent? Like, is it direct against one player or is it sort of spread out? No, so it it upgrades Alvarez to Watkins. It upgrades. It will allow me to go Madison to Saka as well. Mm. And it probably it probably upgrades James or like that James will prowl slot from a you know, a Pedro Neto or a Anthony Gordon or something. So those, are, I mean, the two big places is a million is probably spent on Alvarez to Watkins. The other million is spent on Madison to Saka. So it's Alvarez, Madison, uh, Botman, for example, against Trippier. No, 
No, Alvarez, sorry, Alvarez, Madison, Trippier versus... It's confusing, I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alvarez, Madison, Trippier versus Botman, Saka in future, and then Watkins as well. So that's... It's Watkins yeah. versus Trippier for me, really. But Yeah, 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 I get it. It also, I know I'm going to want Arsenal attack and I know I want Saka and I cannot do it if I've got Trippier. If you go, if you can, I mean, I said this on Twitter and then everyone sent me screenshots with their team value being much better than mine and I didn't realise quite how bad my team value was. But I cannot build a team that has Haaland, Son, Saka and Trippier. Now you can do it if you don't have Saka, but as soon as those Arsenal fixtures turn again, we'll all want him back. So with those four, things become very difficult. So I can't find a way to do it. And I'm going to just hope that he doesn't do it every week like he's done so far this season. Yeah, I think uh, it's hard to not go with... Like, for, for example, if you did uh, Trippier versus Watkins, first of all, who who has the higher floor, would you say, between Watkins and, and Trippier? I know I'm putting some tough questions on you. Yeah, Who has the highest floor? With the fixtures, probably Watkins. Okay, okay. I think it's close, Which is though. why... It is close. It, and, and I think they have the, the higher ceiling. Again, I think it's yeah. really close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get four goals every every, every week, you know? So, mm. so uh, and Trippier is going to, on every single set piece, like just constantly crossing, constantly. Um, so, so, yeah, it's a problem that I don't have to worry about for two game weeks because I'm very happy having Trippier in game weeks eight and nine. But if you didn't have Trippier and wildcarded in, uh, I don't think even if you even if you wildcard in game week 10, it's not like the wildcard's going to have, most likely the template's not going to have Trippier as well. So, mm-hmm. Is it also, I just want to caveat, right? Before game week five, wasn't Tonali taking loads of their set yeah, pieces? Yeah, that's true. And he's not played in... He's played 20 minutes. He was on the bench against Sheffield United and he was on the bench against Burnley and he didn't start against Brentford. So when Tonali yeah, comes back but, in, mm-hmm. like some of those assists, one of the assists he got against Sheffield United was a set piece. Like he, those little things, I, I, mean, I am trying to create a narrative that makes it fine for me not to own him. I completely understand that. But there are enough little things that make me think, Maybe this isn't, I mean, four assists, you know, two assists a game week is not sustainable. Um, it just right, makes right, right. you got Harry. I'm gonna cut you off here because have you watched this guy play in the last I... two game weeks? Have yeah, you watched he... Trippier play? He has, but he's unbelievable, you know. Ah, uh, I got he's Watkins. yeah, so involved. Like, yeah, he's just exciting to have. Yeah, yeah. I and I say this as an owner and probably biased, but. He looks so incredible. I, I don't buy the tamale thing. Like he'll be on plenty of set, set pieces and free kicks, you know. So, mm. do you, so if you He's were a, when you yeah. wild card in game week ten, do you think you'll keep him? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, the the wild card draft I made, I don't have him um, mm. because it, it's very simple. Like you can't have you can't have Sun Mado, Trippier plus Salah Watkins Diaby. Yeah, you can't have them all essentially, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to come down to, I think it's a like for like. I mean, you can get into the details of where is it, where point two is being spent, point three is being spent, but you're right. It's going to be, are you going to have Trippier? Are you going to have Sun? Or are you going to have Watkins? And it's probably two of the three there, right? So yeah. for me, I mean, FPL Sonaldo, I can't drop Sonaldo or Sun. And, um, you know, I mean, we're not going also, to, right? 
He's playing up front. We're not as... going to. He's he's essential in my opinion, right? Yeah. So it's going to be as you mentioned, Watkins versus Trippier. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's that easy of an answer to be honest. Cool. Right. Let's swiftly move on into midfielders. So I mean. A few things I want to talk about in here. First of all is you do have two Manchester United players who are still in the top 10 here, but and their fixtures are not bad going forward, but the team performance says enough for me that I do not want them anywhere near my team anymore, particularly Rashford. Rashford for me is a is a is a hard sell whoever you've got the option to go to. Mbwemo also right at the top. He has dropped off the past few weeks. Again, a team that I'm watching and think and concerned about their on-field performances and his positioning as well. The amount of XGI he's actually put up in the last few weeks is concerning as well. The only one I'm actually worried about is Saka and Arsenal. But their fixtures are tough and I do have a route back to him. But he is not going to be in my wildcard team. And you're worried about Saka doing well in the next two game weeks? Yeah, I think Saka and Arsenal can score multiple goals against anyone, even if it is, you know, they do have, it's City at home, Chelsea away, Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away. Those are the four fixtures I think I will go without Saka in. And I oh, just... so you're not getting him till 12. There's a chance I get, get him in 10. Mm-hmm. But... It's just whether I think Madison versus Saka in, in, in 10 and 11 is is where I want to be. That's the decision. But I won't have him for City-Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bet worth considering taking against not going Saka for the next four game weeks because we saw over the weekend penalties are, you know, you have to spend $26 million to get the right Arsenal penalty taker, right? Yeah. There's like three or four guys taking him. Uh, and then, you know, it's like... But there is also the thing that we thought he was injured and he came back from the dead and he yeah, trained today. So he's basically a robot, you know? This like, guy. He's, yeah, this guy's a robot and he's going to play Champions League as well as he's just going to play nonstop, right? So that's the benefit of having a guy like Saka. But yeah, how he's trained today. Uh, yeah, I think you could. This guy. Yeah. He's a machine. Yeah, he trained today. Yeah. He's a machine. And, um, uh, I think the the point I will make here is that maybe his ceiling is not, not as high as we initially mm-hmm. thought, but definitely his floor is high, right? So yeah, so the one floor is definitely high. So so on wild card, no, I, I I agree. His his floor is there, and you know I think the Havertz penalty was to boost his confidence and get him a goal. The Odegaard one, I don't quite know what's happened there again, but Saka didn't want to take it, and he's given it to Odegaard, and then he gave the second one to Havertz. And Arteta said it's a nice thing for him to have done to boost Havertz's confidence. Fine. These things happen. On wildcard, or if you are buying, I feel like Son is a is a lock for, for pretty much everyone. And he's a priority buy as well if you don't have him, right? Those players, if we were going to rank players who are people are buying a wildcard, that people not on wildcard should buy, Son Son is first for me. He goes above Salah. He goes above nice. Madison. Son is Son is first. I think even in forwards, I'd put Son above Watkins as well. Guys, please make sure you record the last bit and uh, you know play it on loop because uh, uh, it's music to my ears. And uh, I've been enjoying the last three game weeks. And uh, Son is not an option for the first few game weeks, and now he's obviously for good reason, uh, essential player, 
And when he's on on form, he's on form. I do agree. Sun is Sun is essential for me. And there are talks in the chat. And fair play to you guys talking about dropping Holland and dropping Salah. I would assume both of us are just not about that. Yeah. Yeah, I want the consistency that Salah is giving so far this season. And if you look at their fixtures for like a long time now, you can you can hold him like almost up until, you know, I mean, you could hold Salah forever, right? He's not really a fixtures-based person. And he only blanked at the weekend because he was playing with nine men for, you know, a, a, 10 men and then nine men for quite a lot of that game and then had to be taken off to bring on some players to try and shore up that game. Before that, he's averaging, you know, He's had he's averaging 0.99, averaging one expected goal involvement per 90 minutes. It is slightly more weighted to assist this season than we've seen, but the data is still there. I'm not going without Salah, and I'm, I'm not, we'll get onto forwards, and I'm not going without Haaland as well. The only real question, uh, yeah, go ahead. The only real question for me, and I think a lot of people are the same, are the cheaper midfielders. Diaby, okay. he's not actually on this list. That's actually, he's so outperformed his data so far this season, yet he is in every single wildcard draft you see, pretty much. The injury status is we're expecting him to be fine, just to caveat that, but we don't know, so do wait and have a look on that. He's putting up 0.41 expected goals um, per 90. He has 2.6 for the season, so he does fall off the bottom of this list. It's him, and then there are a few others which people are talking about. Eze, Pedro Neto, and War Prowse all in the middle of that list as well. Yeah. What, do, yeah. what do you read into the fact that Diaby has outperformed his you know numbers so much that he is, yeah, in every draft, yeah. whereas he's not there if you look at the data? Yeah. So, first of all, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I'm going to do a quick plug because this is my task. Uh, we have... Over 600 viewers, which is insane on a Monday. Please do hit the like button. Please do subscribe to FF Scout. We still have 30% membership. Um, and so yeah. your support means everything. Uh, just a fun FF Scout stat to put it out there. I am on the same points as FPL Flapjack from Scoutcast and Deadline Dilemma. So Flapjack, if you're hearing me, it's you versus me this season. Uh, no, just joking. But uh, it's very interesting. I've had the uh, same number of points as you uh with you, Harry, point. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, your support means everything. Please do hit the like button if you can. Uh, again, uh, and back to your question about uh, what was it? <laughs> what yeah. I so, Diaby, right? So, Diaby has mm -hmm. six attacking returns, but only two point six expected goal involvement so far this season. Like, yeah. Do we expect that to continue, or is he going to be one of those players on a wild card that actually is going to be the one that we should have avoided? Yeah, so uh, off the top of my head, I have two thing, two parts to this answer. Is first of all, do you think uh, over the last six, seven game weeks, like Aston Villa have had mixed results, as in good performances, bad performances? Do you mm. know, or does anyone no? They've the chat know? they've performed pretty well. I think pretty much every Stop, week, uh, apart from the okay, apart from the three nil. They've had two bad performances actually. They lost three nil to Liverpool. They didn't play great, and on the opening day, they lost five one to Newcastle. Outside of that, I mean, okay. they've won every other game. Okay, so that's weird then. Uh, but again, that might be because their overall team is really good and their overall, you know, like yeah. players are just a good jigsaw puzzle that's Emery's, that's get, Emery's getting right. And what I would like to say is I think it's a very similar case to Trippier where, you know, you came up with these stats about 
maybe he overperformed the last two game weeks and yeah, so be it. But his form is there. He's looking good. He's going to continue to like, they just look good. And I think it's the same case with Diaby. Like you've seen him make those runs right alongside walk-ins. I mean, sometimes I feel like he's like a second striker, right? So, yeah. Uh, and he's so so enthusiastic, energetic, and so much cardio in in that guy. So mm-hmm. I just really like Diaby, and I think he's going to do fantastic uh, as as an enabler at his mm-hmm. price point. So I wouldn't worry too much about those stats. No, cool. Yeah, Villa are you know the two games they lost are away from home. They are considerably better at home. Um, so potentially one to watch out with, given they are away from home this weekend. But we're all going piling in there on our, on our wild cards. Um, one final note before we move to forwards. Uh, so I've got James Ward-Prowse in my wildcard draft at the moment. People are looking at Pedro Neto. People are looking at Eze as well. Do you have any preference on those sort of cheap midfielders? Anthony Gordon, but he is suspended this week. There is, you know, a move where you could pick Anthony Gordon. You know, Archer has Fulham away this weekend. You could, you know, worst case scenario, if you really felt Gordon was the best of the lot, you could do that. You could play your, you know, fourth defender. You could play Archer away at Fulham and then have Anthony Gordon f- from next week as well. There is a little bit of a debate about these these smaller or the budget midfielders a little bit more. I think I think they're being slept on, Harry. Um, and here's the caveat. Here's why it makes it difficult for the general public and us managers to go to these players, such as, let's call it Neto and Eze, is because they're the sort of outstanding stars of the team, but they're playing for a weaker team in general that doesn't generate as many chances as yeah. players you can get for the six point, uh, six, uh, 8 million price point or 6.5 plus, right? So that's the kind of comparison that makes it tough. But if you went Neto, I would applaud you. Like I would even consider Neto myself. I think he's just so, so damn good, right? Yeah. And also like don't sleep on uh, Huang Yichan because... He scored against uh, Man City. He has five goals in all competitions this season. He has four goals in the Premier League, and he's he's finally locked up that uh, starting spot. So, uh, you know, Huang, Huang is just a goal scorer as well. He's he's just been injury-ridden last season. But again, if you had to pick a Wolves and point four or five doesn't, doesn't matter to you, then I would pick Neto over him. But if you mm-hmm. want to save and go super differential, 5.2 Huang is a decent shout in, yeah. at Wolves. Eze was superb, right? I think the two Crystal Palace games against United in the cup game, uh, I give credit to Roy Hodgson because, you know, Ten Hag is a sort of a one-trick pony in the sense that they build up and sort of they were chasing the game in the Carabao Cup. And then in this uh, Premier League game, Hudson, Hudson made a switch where they weren't chasing the build up at the back. Yeah. And sort of that adjustment speaks to the ability of you know tactical nuance that that crystal palace has and Eze is just able to carry the ball from his half all the way to the other half all the way to the other yeah. goal and also make the key passes as well so as a netto both great shouts is just are they going to get enough chances compared to the more you know 8.0 type of midfielders that we have from stronger teams yeah as a has uh yeah like 3.9 xgi He's performed really well. He's been unfortunate not to get as much as he, he probably should have done so far this season. The Palace fixtures as well. The next three are mixed. Forest, Newcastle, Spurs. But then from game week 11 to 15, they have a really, really nice run. So, you know, again, might be one that Wildcard 10 considers a little bit more than maybe those that are that are wildcarding now. But then 
I'm on James or Prowse, who doesn't necessarily have the easiest next few fixtures as well. I mean, what do you, what do you think about Crystal Palace in, in general, Harry? The issue, like they're not scoring enough goals. This is the issue, right? I'm picking Ward Prowse in a West Ham side that are scoring, you know, two plus goals most games against opposition where you'd expect them to. Whereas Palace, it's more. I think they've only scored more than one goal once so far this season. That is what is concerning me, really. But and it, Eze is one of those players that if the opponent feels they can mark Eze out of the game, they they know they can get a result in most games against Crystal Palace if Eze is not going to perform well. When Elise starts to come back, then potentially they have another route and it frees up Eze a little bit more. But right now, I feel too many teams are, are targeting him as if you man-mark him, he doesn't get the chances and so nor do Palace. The low goal tally for them as a team is what puts me off. Yeah, Eze might just end up never being a genuine FPL option because he could play at any big club, but I do believe he signed a long-term contract, mm, right? He did, so, yeah. Unfortunate, but any, uh, but yeah, anyways, he's a good option, I would say. Cool. So finally, just before we go onto the wild card, just to quickly have a look at is the is the forwards. So Haaland is top here. Um, again, 8.21 XGI, almost eight expected goals as well. He is continuing to perform well, whether he's actually getting the returns or not so far. He's he's missed a few chances re- recently. Um, Dawson did a great job of actually man-marking Haaland so far at the weekend. Um, he actually had one of his lowest ever data performances, but that's because there was a cross that came in and Dawson just cleared it. If Haaland had got it, it would have been a 0.8 XG chance. But 0.09 XGI at the weekend is a little bit concerning for for Haaland, that has to be said. But he has had two big-digit returns so far this season. Is he a lock still for your team with the fixtures they've got? I'll ask the question. Uh, I'm sorry, Albert? Haaland. Haaland. Oh, Haaland. Yeah. Um, sorry, I zoned out there. Um, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think I'm too risk-averse yeah. uh, as a manager myself to to not go, not go Haaland, yeah. Cool. Well, on to the other Man City. What are the reasons pe- people are considering Holland off and then when are they trying to jump on? Do you know, Harry? When Salah's fixtures turn. So they want to go without him for a while. And I think it's like uh, they want to stay off him until like game week 16 when they play Luton. That is a long time to go without him. You miss Brighton yeah. at home. You miss Bournemouth at home. Even Liverpool at home. Like there's enough home fixtures in there to, to put me off um, selling him. Cool. Yeah, just not for me. Yeah. Cool. The only other strikers, well, the other strikers that people are really talking about is 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 do you find what do we think of Alvarez um still? So he blanked when we all brought him in in game week six, but he still had good data. He actually scored in game week seven where his data was was much, much worse. He scored a free kick, a great free kick. Um, but outside of that, City didn't create that many chances, so he didn't create that many chances as well. Is it Clearly, Watkins above Alvarez. It's just Alvarez as an addition if you play a front three. Or is there an argument that, you know, City will win every game and you expect Alvarez to play most minutes? For me, like, I'm not going without Watkins on my wildcard. And I don't think I'll have Alvarez. But if I did, it'd be because I played three up front rather than Alvarez as a replacement. Yeah, so if you went three up front, so three four three, I would assume. Yeah. Who's the one and uh, who's the midfielder you drop for Alvarez making way? Diaby. Diaby. Mm. 
and then I when don't you think it's nuts, I th- yeah, yeah, when ahead. you put it when you put it like that, and it's like Diaby versus Alvarez, I start yeah, to exactly. wonder whether I'm you know making which decision I should be making there because yeah, Diaby looks great, but his data is nothing like Alvarez's so far this season. Data aside, like you know, we at times we don't want to put too many eggs in one basket and. Yeah. If there is a team you want to put too many eggs in one basket, it's definitely Man City, right? And we just have such high expectations for our FPL players. Whereas Alvarez just scored a ridiculous free kick yeah. in a game that Man United, uh, Man City played bad in. And you know how many off games are they going to have from here on out, right? I get it; they're bottom of the or second bottom of the fixture ticker for the next six, seven, eight game weeks, and there's rotation at risk. But maybe we just have to wire our brains to think that Alvarez is maybe just as important as Holland in mm-hmm. this Pep team um, this season. It's, yeah. it's a it's a pretty thin squad. Like Doku, not giving me all that confidence. Grealish is going to come back, and they're going to be fighting for a place. Alvarez seems pretty locked until maybe KDB comes into the fold. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the only thing to to add here is that it's DRB now. But that DRB position will likely be Matoma in game week 10. So I would like Alvarez if I knew Ferguson was going to play every week. But I feel like I'm more assured of Matoma's minutes than I am of Ferguson. If I knew Ferguson was going to start in game week 10 onwards and play consistently his minutes, then maybe that would be more likely to go Alvarez. But... I feel like that midfield spot, which I'm currently filling with Diaby, is more useful to me in the long term than that forward spot. So I feel like three five two um, is is better than a three four three. Can I ask you? Have you? Is there a route to do Trippier and Alvarez uh, by keeping Watkins? It's very difficult to do. So I mean, I can yeah. get. Let me. For the listeners, I will put plan. I mean, F- you don't have to up. do it now. You, I've got. You I've can got. Mess around with that later. Mm-hmm. I was. I was planned. I had plan FPL up and, and loaded in case a question like this came. So if if I wanted to do like Botman um, up to Trippier for now, and then I wanted to do Archer up to oh no, not have oh and Watkins as well. Did yeah, you say? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think. Oh, I'd... sorry. Not so. So you would be dropping walk-ins, correct? You'd be dropping walk-ins, but you get the addition of Alvarez. Oh, so if I was going to own Alvarez, if, it, if I was going to own Alvarez, it would be a simple Alvarez versus DRB. If I was, I can't own Trippier, Watkins and Alvarez. Like that doesn't work. I don't think I've seen a single right. draft where that works. Alvarez would come in in place of DRB um, and play a 3-4-3. Going with him over Watkins... I mean, you could do DRB and Trippier. I'm still 1.1 million short of that because oh, okay, okay. the upgrade on Trippier is 2 million, whereas Watkins down to Alvarez only frees up 1.1. So I'd have to free up money like 1.1. And as I said, it then, like, I have no way of getting Saka in my team unless I sell Salah or Son. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, what I would like to say to uh, you guys in the viewing this, it's like, this is sort of the exercise that is good for for you to have if you're on a wild card and for you as well, Harry, throughout the week. You know, just mess around with these combinations yeah. and you know, maybe there's a there's a better combo than what you initially think. So 
yeah, unfortunately cool. you can't do that. And yeah, next. But before we move off forwards, is there anyone else that you'd you'd consider? Solanke's fixtures over the next three are are really, really nice. He's about the only other one that I look at. He is a really, you know, 6.4 million playing Everton away, Wolves at home, Burnley at home in the next three is really nice. And that does lead into to Brighton. The only concern I have with him is what you do when game week 11 comes around and they play City, Newcastle, Villa, and then Palace away, United away in five of their next six. It's it's if we if you could go Solanke for the next three and then you knew that Ferguson was going to play for, for Brighton, I think it's a good option. But the issue is, is, is game week 11 will come around and he'll have City away and you don't have a route to get out of him. That's the concern I have with, with Solanke. It all, a lot of things, yeah, no, that, mm-hmm. a lot of things re- up front rest on, on Brighton and Ferguson. And I, I don't trust it enough at the moment. Yeah. If you put it that way, I, I would say I agree with you. And also it's like, you're comparing Solanke to the likes of Alvarez and Watkins and they're just different, mm-hmm. different tiers, you know? So yeah, not for me. He'd be a third. Um, he'd be a third forward, I think, for me. But yeah, even then, without knowing yeah, a, even third forward, I, I don't like him as a third forward. He has he has to be like an eighth attacker for me. You know, mm-hmm. if you're on a wild card, you want your seven attacking players to be as optimal as possible, and it's more than just the immediate fixtures. Uh, yeah. if you know what I mean? Cool. So. Very quickly, let's. I've got your team for next week up on screen now. Let me. You got one, two, one transfer or two. I only got one transfer, but I have one point two in the bank, I believe. So okay. quite a bit of money. What's the mm-hmm. plan for you this week? So I my my plan is this. My question to you is this. I'm actually struggling. Hold on, let me get the team up. I think your transfer looks quite obvious, but I want to see what you, you say. You think first. it's Saka Saka to Maddo, huh? Oh well, it's either Saka or Sterling to to Madison, depending on how Chelsea look tonight. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Fair. The other other one I was considering is Alvarez to Watkins. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. What are your thoughts on Embuemo mm-hmm. as well? I mean, I, I come on. I, I I just like I need to keep him. I'm yeah. stuck with him till Wildcard ten. Fair. Unfortunately. I, yeah. Understandable. But, yeah. So mm-hmm. I. It's, it's Madison and Alvarez versus Watkins, and then one of those two, isn't it? So let's let's forget about. Uh, actually, we have to remember. So it's either Sterling or Saka to Maddo. I mean, or I think I, it would be Saka to Maddo, but I didn't even consider Sterling to Maddo. But now you're putting some food in, into my thought, and um, I think Sterling Burnley is just. You, I think you have to keep him right. And yeah. we'll see how he does tonight after he his might, 20 he, pointer. He might be up front tonight yeah. as well. So, yeah, I didn't think you ca- caught my joke there, but uh, I'm expecting a massive haul. And so the question would be Saka to Mado or Alvarez to uh, Watkins. Yeah, so, you, there. so you've got Saka and Watkins or Alvarez and Madison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. I'll I'll decide at the end of the week, but I'm I think I'm leaning towards Saka to Mado and really trying to attack that Luton fixture. We had a really long pod today, and I wish we got in depth into the uh, Spurs talk a little bit because yeah. one of the reasons I'm thinking about Alvarez to Watkins, Harry, is because 
Uh, I just don't know what to expect from this Luton fixture. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, Sun is going to be minutes restricted. He's carrying a niggling injury, and I think he's going to play 60, 70 minutes, 70 yeah. minutes, let's say. So that's captaincy talk is also something that's lingering on the back of my mind. And yeah. even if we discuss it here, I don't think there's an answer. I think most of us will likely put the captaincy on Sun, yeah. with the caveat being he's going to play like 70 minutes under. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't. Maybe this ends up being that Sheffield United type game. Yeah. Whereas the points right now came from Arsenal, Liverpool, high lines, and um, and so that 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 is my question mark about maybe I don't need to bring in Maddo. Maybe I go for the likes of Watkins, and yeah. uh, I can get away with just having Sun for the next two game weeks. Yeah. No, I completely get it. I did think about it. So I put a captaincy poll up, and it got. 80% of people have going to captain Son this weekend, um, which I was surprised it was quite so high, but maybe I shouldn't have been. Yeah, no, I completely get your dilemma, a little bit of concern about that Spurs game. To have triple up and captaincy, if if it's a difficult game for Spurs, you then are yeah, in quite a difficult position um, straight after that game. So yeah, I understand, but I suppose Villa's away form, you know, not being quite as good. Does, yeah, it's a difficult one. I understand, like your point that you'd you probably sack her out, but Saka's home form and Saka's form in big games is still really good as well. So, yeah, it's... I see goals in that Arsenal mm. City game. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, finally, just my wild card. So, I mean, we've spoken about most of it. Um, it's got Ariola, Turner, Cash, Udogi, Damburn. Stupanan, Charlie Taylor, Son, Madison, Warprowse, Salah, Diaby, and then Haaland, Watkins, and Archer. Worth noting, it's got 0.6 million in the bank. I am keeping an eye on on potential transfers because I am hoping to get to a point where I can do Madison to to Saka for free. Um, At the moment, it would cost me a million, so I'm a little bit short. When Madison rises and Saka hopefully drops, it will then cost me 0.8. and then Diaby to Matoma, I'm hoping is going to be the other transfer that, that frees up when Matoma drops in price. So if Saka drops, Madison rises and Matoma drops, that basically frees up the money that I need to do Madison to, to Saka in, in game week 10. So that's what I've got an eye on. I'm pretty happy with this draft. The only thing is I don't like Warprowse fixtures for the next two. But... I don't really see anyone I want to take a two-week punt on. The only one potentially yeah. is um, Almiron mm. and Newcastle. They're next to West Ham away, uh, Crystal Palace at home. It's about the only one, but I know what Prowse is approaching a price rise as well. So I've got to think about the value and if it's worth it there. But this is where I'm sat at the moment. Um, and I've been yeah. really impressed with Will Prowse. I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, different different type of role this year. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, the chat is great because uh, people are bringing up Darwin and and questions that uh, we just, if we, there's just too much to talk about this yeah. week, I feel. It's like one of those weeks. And um, the thing I would, I would like to just, I mean, we talked about your wildcard pretty much throughout the episode. So I don't think we need to discuss too much. But yeah. Just just one thing to keep in the back of your mind is, uh, as cliche as it sounds, is you already have Matoma booked, Saka booked in Game X 10 and 12. And 
I would just like to caution you, and and there's like a month left, right, until uh, game yeah. ten rolls around. So, game week twelve is like over five to six weeks from now. So, you should be happy with them, with the players you pick now, also playing against the likes of us, game week ten wild carders with Brighton and Arsenal, yeah, and feel like you can compete against those guys. Whereas now, I feel like my team can somewhat do okay against you, you guys as well. So you wild carders as well. So yeah. Uh, just know there's going there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens in the next few game few weeks of, of yeah. the calendar. No, I completely agree. I suppose yeah. I if I was booking in both my next two transfers, I'd have an issue with that. But I'm booking in like what's that, two of my next four? So it's it's I do definitely have move room to move around with my other moves if but yes, I, I agree booking in transfers and I need to know that I'm still confident in these players if I if I can't get off them when when I do plan on uh, plan on doing it. So yeah, as you said, some great stuff going in the chat. I've put the chat up on screen, so we'll just do a few questions. Yeah, I, I would I would like to do a few questions too, but before we do it, um uh, quick plug again. Again, guys, uh, FF Scout, please subscribe, like, and I also want to. I know you aren't you're not prepared for this, Harry, but for those guys, for everybody in the chat today, um, like the past few burning questions we did, we've had some really lovely comments, and uh, I think constructive criticism is necessary. Like we're human, me and Harry, and we have lives, and sometimes we're not like at our best and sometimes we are and sometimes you just you know can talk out of your butt and and speak good speak good sense right and uh like it's good to have constructive criticism but uh you know i think harry had a tough week with some comments last week and if you have the time like say something nice to harry because uh you know he's uh one of the nicest guys i know and uh also one of the best fpl managers i know and um you know we're trying really hard and and so i shout out to you harry and and i would like to say i really enjoy potting with you i love pros too i'm i miss him a lot and we're, we're gonna have him to on soon but you've been doing excellent so guys like show some love to to fpl harry and uh yeah and then let's do the questions that was a appreciate it kind of uh, kind yeah. got emotional there but uh in a good like just uh yeah i'm enjoying i'm enjoying this ride with you my friend Cheers. Um, one of the questions in the chat I want to ask you of, I'm seeing people pick Lascelles in their wildcard and I cannot understand it at all. Like, why are why are people picking Lascelles? I just don't get it. Like, he's going to play one game before Botman's back and then he's not going to play again. Could someone please, if in the chat you've got Lascelles, is it just because he's going to play this week? But Charlie Taylor will keep his is likely to keep his place for Burnley for a long while. So I, he's three point nine. That's why I've gone with him. I do not understand the Lascelles pick. Like I just don't get it. If someone in the uh, uh, if so, yeah, someone in the chat wants to tell. Yeah, I know Ross has got him, and I need to ask Ross why um, why he's got him. Uh, a thank you very much for the super chat you didn't need to do that but i <laughs> I, I appreciate it yeah. very much um and thank you all for the for the very nice comments um yeah i need to ask ross why he's why he's got uh why he's got lascelles he's so cheap that's why bruce lee central says nice name by the way yeah he's he's 3.9 but there are other 3.9 uh anyway anyway i won't spend 10 minutes talking about lascelles i need to ask ross about why he's got him um 
it is to be fair like it works this week like it fills a gap this week that a lot of people might need i understand that but i don't know if there's more to it that i'm that i'm missing yep yep cool any questions next question any questions catching your eye um no i think we can end it here i think it was a quite long episode and yeah it's uh it's nice to see everyone say some nice stuff and uh in general, we get very nice comments. So I, I, I'm just, I'm not saying it's all bad. It's all good, you know. And, but yeah, thank you guys. Uh, thank you always for your support. I've, I'm always appreciative of of the of the people that join us and listen to us. I get DMs as well saying um, they missed burning questions last week. So yeah, uh, that means a lot to me, even if it's just one person. So hope hopefully uh, we can continue uh, yeah. to develop our our chemistry and and yeah. Um, and get better rings perfect well yeah thank you very much for all oh, we do have one super chat so we will go through that and then it's just looking at is uh what i wildcard this team i mean it's got jordan pickford in it so as a pickford owner i would uh it's got botman in there as well bruno and buemo it's got madison and son already but it does have morris so if you've got one free transfer i would consider playing the wild card on that team if you've got two and can get to, I don't know, a Bruno to Diaby and, you know, Morris up to Alvarez or up to Watkins even, I think you could potentially hold it. But it might depend on if you've got one or two transfers this week because I think that team will wildcard in, in game week 10 at the latest um, anyway. Yep, yep. Cool. We're going to wrap okay. it up there. Thank you all very much for joining. Thank you for being uh, a great co-host as always, Andy. And we're going to be back, I think, pretty much all the time now, every Monday, the two of us as well for the foreseeable future. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys and see you next week and good luck. <laughs>